0: Well, today we're going to continue going uh, through a, a, a brief series on the book of Proverbs. Uh, I'm grateful to Todd uh, for starting the series uh, last week, before last week. Todd, just like his pastor he talked about, had never preached on uh, a Proverbs, and before today I've never preached on uh, Proverbs with you as well. You know, I think Proverbs, it's a beautiful book, Uh, though Tom's pastor said, well, it's, you know, kid stuff. It's pretty easy to figure out what it says. I think the beauty, though, is that it's plainly simple, showing human knowledge and wisdom, but yet at the same time, as you read through the book of Proverbs, what you find is that it speaks of God and all of God's work which he does, that seems to be behind maybe the scenes. Behind the scenes of our life, those moments that seem ordinary and mundane, those those moments where maybe you don't feel like God is at work, or those moments where you can't see what he's actually doing. The book of Proverbs shows that God himself is holding all things in his hand, as it is he who has always been there. It gives us confidence knowing that in those times we don't make really you feel that way or see it, that God truly is still living and I'm going to borrow from a, an example, uh, even though I've, I've adjusted a bit, from Gordon MacDonald in his book, uh, uh, I forgot, uh, ordering a private book. I want us to think about a plane. Emily and I, we went on vacation and we were on a plane about two weeks from uh, tomorrow, or two weeks from tomorrow, I should say, and we flew on a plane, and, and if you've ever been on a plane, you're wherever you sit down, and, and you sit in the seat, and then you feel the, the thrust of the engine pushing you forward, and, and you get up in the sky, and after you get through, you know, dealing with all of the, the adjustments to altitude and things like that, the seatbelt sign comes up. And you've given me just a little bit of freedom. And there's this cart that the flight attendants bring down that, that center aisle. And, and as I was waiting, Emily and I had been up since about 3.30 in the morning. because Our flight was at 6. The beverage cart was slowly moving towards us. And right when they took the orders of the people in front of us, I was like, oh, great, I'm going to get some coffee. The seatbelt light came back up. And then over the speakers, I heard the voice of the captain who said, "Uh, everybody, we're going to experience just a little bit of a disturbance. We're experiencing a little bit of turbulence. What we're going to do is we're going to have the flight attendants secure the cart and get back in their seats and then we're going to just climb a little bit as we try to get out of this disturbance. copy, it's just right there. But what you see is you see the flight attendants calmly and kicking kick off the brake and move that into its spot, put it in where it needs to be so it can be secured, putting down their seat, getting back in the seat, everyone getting buckled down, a sense of calm, it's something that they'd experienced before. Even though that there's this little bit of jostling that's happening. If you've never been in a plane, it's like driving across the worst road possible with potholes. At times, though, in a plane, it feels like the air just dropped out from under you and you are free-falling. But if you look on the face of the flight, it's seem face, I'm sure if we would have Gotten a glimpse into the cockpit, and we saw the two captains, the two pilots flying the plane. It would just seem as business as usual. You would see them pull back on the stick to adjust the elevators up a little bit as they would slowly climb a little bit higher than thirty-four thousand feet to get out of the discomfort, to get out of the disturbance and to get into clean air. I think there's portions in my life, and maybe in yours, that you would love it if we could be unfazed at disturbances that come along our path of life. We would love to be able to never get bent out of shape when something unexpected comes our way. I think one of the ways we can get to that point of being unfazed is this word we call self-care. Maybe you've heard that before. Self-care in our, our life refers to a variety of different things and, and we mostly the areas of health. We make a big deal about physical self-care in our world. We don't need to raise hands, but I'm sure and I know there are people here that have memberships to certain gyms, or they have a gym in their building that they head to, or other people who choose to go running on Saturday morning while I'm sleeping or individuals that have that home gym and subscribe to some service that they have workout routines tailored for themselves all for the point of having some sense of self-care so that they are less phased by physical activity in life. I have a friend of mine that he walks four miles a day. It's uh, so a pastor that's in his 80s, and every day it's four miles a day, no matter what, and he would prefer to do it outside, but sometimes he has to do it on one of these, which he calls a dread mill. Because you have to stay in the one space, and you're stuck inside, and he dreads getting on that, but he's still going to do his four miles a day. We strengthen our bodies, but we also, at times, work to strengthen our minds. If something's become aware to many people over the last three years is the importance of mental health. I've heard of individuals, I think my neighbors have mental health days, days that they have off from work for the purpose of caring for their mental health, we've perhaps seen the benefits of counseling ministries and individuals to talk to that we can get things off our chest and, and not be holding those stress and those things within our life. But then there's also another type of care that we need to consider, and that's our spiritual care, we could call it the, the care of our heart, not physically, but our spiritual life with the Lord. And, and I'd love for you to grab uh, your Bible or your phone or tablet or whatever you use, and we're going to head to the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. If you got one of those Bibles, those black Bibles, in the seats, that'll be on page 514. Uh, students, if you have one of your Bibles that minute be on page 756. I'm going to be reading from the New International Readers Version. Uh, this is a version that's written at the third grade level, and all our students, once they get third grade, receive a copy of this Bible that they can bring with them to church and use. So I'm going to read from this. Um, I found out today that there are two different types of the uh, New International Readers Version. I'm reading from the 2014 version, but what's going to be shown on the screen is, I think, from 1998, so it'll be a little bit different. Starting at verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them in your heart. They are life to those who find them. They are health to a person's body. Above everything else, guard your everything you do comes from it. Don't speak with twisted words. Keep evil talk away from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Keep looking right in front of you. Think carefully about the paths that your feet walk on. Always choose the right way. Don't turn to the right the left. Keep your feet from the path of evil. This whole chapter chapter 4 speaks of seeking out and holding on to teaching. This teaching this wise teaching this wise counsel is a source of life and we heard in this past these passages that it's a source of life for a person's whole body. If you've ever been to the dentist before, you've probably seen a sign that says, oral care is key to your like whole health. Listing out how oral health affects our, our hearts and different parts of our body, but spiritual care is like that. Spiritual care is something that affects the life of our whole body. Spiritual care is... Is key to whole body health. We're going to focus particularly on this verse. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do <laughs> flows from right. heart. Guard the, the teaching that the heart holds on. The thing is, if we looked a little bit earlier in this chapter, verse six, we said, "Do not forsake wisdom." So wisdom is personified as a a woman, and so it says, "She will protect you. Wisdom will protect you. Love wisdom, and she." will watch over you is wisdom as we, we guard our heart and the wise teaching that we have received from God. It is wisdom who will then watch over the very ways that we live. As the young man described here guards his heart, wisdom will then watch over all his ways and the paths that he goes them. When you think of wise people, there's often one person that people remember as being wise in scripture, and the person's name is Solomon, King Solomon. He was the, the son of David, and a king of Israel. The Lord asked him that he could ask for anything he wanted and he would be given. And Solomon asked for, above all else, Wisdom. And because he asked for wisdom, the Lord not only gave him wisdom, but he gave him many, many other things, riches included in that. But as we consider the guarding of a heart and how wisdom watches over our way, I wondered if we would walk down the path of Solomon and see his life as he goes, did he guard his heart did he guard that wisdom that the Lord had given him? We hear stories, perhaps. Stories in 1 Kings chapter 3 where he used his wisdom to sort out who was the mother of one child. But Perhaps as we go on in 1 Kings, we find that perhaps Solomon didn't guard his heart. We find that he had 4,000 chariots and 12,000 horses, and while that doesn't seem like something that would be odd, the kings of Israel were not supposed to amass a war army, and yet Solomon did. As Solomon maybe looked aside and didn't guard his heart, he began to pursue women who were from other nations, allowing them to bring their gods into Israel. In the end, what we find is that Solomon had over 700. Wow, 700. Zero, zero. Perhaps he had not guarded his heart as he should. The danger then with ignoring. Our heart with ignoring the wisdom that God has given us, the teaching that He has bestowed from us, perhaps even from this book and others who have impressed their life upon us. Is this Gordon MacDonald says this? He says, Ignoring the heart can lead to burnouts, to breakdowns, and to blow ups. We often learn life's lessons when we are under pressure. But what happens if we have not guarded our hearts sufficiently before we experience that pressure? The pressure bears down on our heart, our soul, our mind, and we're not able to handle it. Anymore. The pressure of the outside world becomes too much, and then all of a sudden we're going to we're going to blow up at someone, or we're going to break down and, and not be able to handle it. We're going to burn out. Sometimes I think that if if I just work hard enough, uh, if I let my adrenaline take over, if I let my my reserve energy work away, I'll be able to make it through those difficult things. I won't have to deal with burnouts or breakdowns or blowups or anything like that. But if we have ignored our spiritual life, if we've ignored our heart completely for time after time after time, at some point there is no amount of there is no amount of reserve energy and nothing left. It's at that point that you perhaps realize that you never had enough spiritual psychological or physical energy to keep moving at the pace that you are moving. Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart from everything you do flows from it. Gordon MacDonald continues in his book and he writes this, why is it that for so many The answer to personal tension and pressure in lives is to not go to the, he calls it the bridge of life, but we use the example of the cockpit, but rather an attempt to run faster, to protest more vigorously, to accumulate more, to collect more data, to gain more expertise. What we try to do in our life is we try to run faster, work harder to to make that adrenaline and that reserve energy do what we needed it to do. That's not the solution. The solution is in the cockpit of life. It is is guarding the heart. It is in the heart of life. There's another pastor, Kerry Newhoff, that in his book, At Your Bests, he writes this, he says, the script that passes for a normal life for millions of people has got to come. The script that passes for a normal life is the one that leads to breaking. The script that passes for normal life is the one that's going to lead to blow-ups. It's going to lead to burning. I think it affects all of us, the pace of life. On Friday, I try to take Friday as my salad. Time where I conscientiously listen to someone preaching or I, I get in scripture and read and later on actually just this Friday evening so you know that this is a sermon also preached to me, my wonderful wife Emily uh, caught me looking at church email she caught me responding to some church emails, she caught me looking at some other things that were related to work and she said man you're really bad sounding how is it that when we're faced with so many things on our plate, that our, our first desire and the first thing we go for is not to look within the heart and to be rejuvenated by the Lord and His Word, but it's to all of a sudden work harder, do more things. I know we got this event coming up on Wednesday, and we have family staying in our, our church, and we need to make sure we got this, that, and the other thing ready. And in the process, even I, the very week I was preaching on God ignoring your heart, was caught doing that very thing. We live in this world where the natural thing, the instinctive thing, is to care for everything but God to care for people to look outside of ourselves when we really should be guarding our heart. Not living in a way which ignores the very thing that will provide us energy and a sustaining power within our life. You see, the only way that we can get through the turbulence apply is by guarding our heart. And the black of our heart will will squander the heart that the Lord has given us. But in scripture here, we've read that above all else we should guard our heart because everything we do will flow from that. When we think of guarding our heart, we can actually think of any number of sports to get the image of what does it look like to guard. You can think of goalies in hockey or in soccer as they guard the net, so to speak, trying to keep things from coming. You can think of basketball as one player guards and stands in the way of another trying to score a basket. You can think of the pitcher and the first baseman in baseball as they guard a runner trying to not let that runner advance any further. When we think of guarding our heart, it's much like those things. It's a protection of our heart from all of the outside influences that can affect our integrity and our way of living with the Lord and discipline the heart. One that is guarded will be aware of all of those things that try to come in our way. And they don't have to be necessarily ridiculously sinful. If you think back to my example from this past week, well, church emails are not necessarily that bad. It's good to communicate with people from church, isn't it? And it's, it's good to want to care for people, to have them come in our church and to make sure we have volunteers that are adequately uh, prepared for them. And it's it's good for us to want to care for the community. All these good things, but all of these good things were keeping me, I was actually allowed to keep me, from guarding my heart and, and making myself the opportunity to get into God's Word, so let His wisdom speak into my life in a way that will guard my life as I go forward. We should not be, even though it's really easy, distracted by all the, the noise of the outside world that wants to take what the Lord desires for us. That Sabbath, that opportunity to have our hearts molded and shaped by Him. And we're invited by the Apostle Paul in, in the book of Romans. He says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't conform to that normal way of living that, that leads to breakdowns and blow-ups and burnouts. Don't live in that way. Instead, be transformed by a renewing of your mind." And it is then that we will be able to test. When we have the renewal of the mind, when we have the Lord's wisdom inside our heart, we will be able to test and approve what truly God's will is in these moments. We will recognize what His good will is, His perfect will, His pleasing will, as we guard our hearts, having our minds transformed by His Word. And it's through those hidden practices that we have our mind transformed. It's through those hidden parts of our life where no one really else sees it, that become the source source of strength when the turbulence and disturbance and other things come our way. If you want that energy that goes beyond your own adrenaline and reserved capacity, it arises from a spiritual life that guards a heart and when no one else is looking chooses to build that relationship with the Lord. That when you pray, it wouldn't just be around the table when some people see you or at the council meeting, but it would be in your hidden so-called prayer closet, as as you are alone with the Lord, allowing yourself to, to speak to the Lord, saying, Lord, you're so glorious, I thank you for all the things, but then allowing yourself and allowing the Lord by way of His Spirit to speak into your heart. Because we, we truly have let the grace of the Lord into our life, we will let His Spirit speak into our heart, to care for our heart. And it's only, it's only then that we will be empowered by the Spirit for His work, that we can live out of an outflowing of the Spirit's power in our life, not out of our own strength and adrenaline and reserve energy. If you, you want to, if you want to make it through those breakdowns or those opportunities where you might blow up, at first you have to have that opportunity to practice. It's the same thing with sports. You're never going to be the, the best at a sport if you just never practice, right? You need to, to go into your prayer closet to pray, to read scripture, and to practice the things that you would like to see in your daily life first before you'll be ready and able to handle them, throughout. Today, and all we have to do is ask. All we have to do is ask the Lord to, to come in our lives, to, to shape our lives, to renew our heart, to transform our mind, and He will do it in Ezekiel 36, 26. Steve, uh, Jeremy, uh, spoke this passage earlier today. And we'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. He'll go through the process of removing that heart of stone that wants to seek our own will. He'll go, go removing that heart that wants to live according to the way everybody else lives at a frantic pace of life and instead place his new heart with new desires, allowing his will to overtake ours. And we would live in a way that guards. It was Jesus that gave you and I this invitation. He said that he overcame all the world and and he, he gave us the invitation of the Spirit's indwelling in our life. So then let's join together in preparing our life to not only think about physical health or mental health, but to think about our heart. To provide the Spirit opportunity to speak into us so when the turbulent times come in our life, we would be like the person that's spoken of in Luke 6. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for the mouth. It will speak what the heart is full of. Are we taking the opportunity to store up those those good things? Are we taking adequate care, allowing the Lord's wisdom to be on the tip of our tongue by perhaps memorizing part of His scripture as the, the Spirit allows us? Are we we taking opportunity to to practice those hidden disciplines in life so that we will be aware and ready when those moments come up in our life that seem to get us disjointed and all out of sorts? Those opportunities where we need to trust more in Christ than what he has done. And less, in our ability, in our ability. Because it's through our weakness the power of that we actually become stronger. It's through recognizing we can't do it on our own that the Spirit will truly come alive in us. Guarding her and protecting our lives as we walk along His paths Father, we thank you for your wisdom and your grace. A grace that comes to us and says that it's not about our ability. It's not about our strength. It's not about how we can handle the disturbances and turbulence of our life on our own. But instead, it's recognizing your power within our world. Your power coming through your word and through the grace of Jesus Christ in our life. His grace would brought the Spirit into our very being, one to empower our living, one to purify our heart and our mind. Allow us to reflect on that and desire to grow our relationship with you and this spirit on a daily basis, that we may ready when turbulence and disturbance come way. It's in Christ's name.